Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis how the famine and riches were grievous, bringing in a lot of trouble for Abraham and his nephew Lot. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org and iTunes. We want to thank you so much for your listenership and your support of the Friendship with God radio program. Now, as Christmas is approaching and Hanukkah, just a few weeks away, Tom Cantor has written a 17-page gospel track called How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas. Now, this track will help you to reach lost Jewish people at Christmas time, whether they're at your work or maybe they're just friends or neighbors or someone you know. This track has a wonderful illustration that is even good for Gentiles or Jewish people. It's a wonderful track. Now, this booklet is not available on our website, and we truly do have a limited supply of them. But it is available for a donation amount, any amount, today, if you call us at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. You can get Tom Cantor's gospel track, 17-page gospel track on how a Jew learned the true meaning of Christmas. Call us today for a donation of any amount, 1-800-247-3051. Now, your donation support of the Friendship with God radio program not only keeps us with this teaching program on the radio, but it will also help Jewish and Gentile people to be reached with the gospel, not just over the airwaves, but at Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program, we have massive door-to-door evangelization campaigns, and during our outreach campaigns, we reach 1.2 million Jewish doors per year. Now, we promote the program by giving out gospel invitations to listen with door hangers and impact cards. And these gospel invitations go to Jewish people and Gentiles. So without your support of this program and this station, we could not reach the Jew first with the gospel, as well as the Gentiles with the gospel. So today, we're offering you a 17-page gospel track booklet from Tom Cantor called How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas. You're going to need this at Christmas time, Hanukkah time. It's going to be a great track to help you reach lost Jewish people especially at Christmas, especially at Hanukkah, those that are around you at work, those that are Jewish, and even good for those that aren't Jewish. It's got a wonderful illustration in there that's great for anyone to understand the true meaning of Christmas. Now, this track booklet's not available on our website. Again, we truly have a limited supply of them, but it's available for a donation of any amount today if you call us right now at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Thanks for your support. We've received so many emails and phone calls and letters and support how this program has impacted your life, but we still need you to support the program and make a difference by getting the gospel out there to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And we want you today to get this track booklet as a way to say thank you for your support. Now here's some highlights from yesterday's message as we continue our study in the book of Genesis on the Friendship with God radio program and the life of Abraham. And that's what riches do. They bring stress. First, there's the stress that riches bring of an addiction to get more riches. So a person who thinks in his own hand has gotten him riches, that's what the Bible describes as a heart condition. See, that's a heart condition. That's the worst thing about riches, is that they tell the lie to the rich person, you don't really need God. 
Now here's Tom Cantor as we conclude our expository study from the book of Genesis every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the Friendship with God radio program. So the owner of one of our vendors gave to our company 18 tickets to the Padres game last night. You know, one of those suites where they have the food buffet, you know. And so Cheryl and I went, and so then I gave 16 tickets away to some of our staff. People came to me, they thanked me. I said, thank you very much. I appreciate being thanked for something that didn't cost me anything. <laughs> it was free. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I really don't follow baseball. I'm not a baseball fan. That was obvious when halfway through the game last night, I asked somebody, what color was the uniform of the San Diego Padres, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was wondering what I was doing there in the first place anyways. Well, I found out that I was sent by God to the ball game last night because the man who invited us, the owner and his manager, were both Jewish. So I talked to them about becoming friends of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I asked them, I said, have you ever had a committed Christian who believes the Bible talk to you seriously, not about religion, but about the Lord Jesus Christ. And they both looked at each other and they said, Susie. <laughs> they have a Susie in their office. And Susie tells them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I found out in talking to them, probably the same thing Susie found out, they don't want to be friends with God. And so, and it wasn't because they were Jewish. It wasn't because they were Jewish. It was because they were rich. And they listened to and they believed the lie that when the riches told them, you don't need God. You don't need God. You're rich. You don't need God. And when I realized that they'd listened and they believed the lie that you don't need God, I told them that they needed to not read the Bible like it was the Merchant of Venice or some book, you know, but they needed to be driven to the Bible. They needed to be driven to find God. And when you said, I said, and I explained to him how I was driven to find God. I said, when you're driven and then you go to the Bible, then you'll find God. I said, that's the way it works. Why? Because God is like a mirror in his response to man. And if a person casually thinks, well, there must be some power up there, and, and a person once in a while casually says to God, are you up there? Then God, like a mirror, in like manner, responds casually. So that person only has to hold a mirror up to him to know that, that how God responds to him. If you hold up the mirror, he sees himself casually considering God, and, he sees, and then he can understand how God is casually considering him. And so if a person puts his fingers in his ears and says, I don't want to hear any more of the Bible, I've had it with the Bible, I'm tired of people talking to me about the Bible, then God, like a mirror, in, in a like manner, he responds with his fingers in his ears, you know. And he won't hear their prayer, as it says in Jeremiah 14, 12. When they fast, I will not hear their cry. For Jeremiah eleven fourteen, I will not hear them in the time when they cry unto me for their trouble. So the person only has to hold up a mirror, again, to know how God responds. So he holds up a mirror, and he sees himself, you know, refusing to listen to God, the fingers in the air, and he understands how God refuses to hear him. And if a person rejects God, then God, like a mirror, in like manner, rejects that person. That person only has to hold up a mirror. And he says, holding up the mirror, he sees himself rejecting God, and he understands how God's rejecting him. But if a person reaches out to God, reaches out to God with all of his heart, then God, like a mirror, in like manner, reaches out to that person with all his heart. And the person only has to hold up a mirror to know how God responds to him. He sees in the mirror that his hand reaching out to God, and he understands that God's hand is reaching out to him. 
That's what the Lord said in Jeremiah 29, 13. You'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, all your heart. We've seen how the famine here was very grievous for Abraham, and it brought him a lot of trouble for Abraham. So Abraham's wealth is described as grievous, and that brought him a lot of trouble to Abraham too. I mean, one of the troubles that Abraham's wealth brought to Abraham was his trouble we have here in chapter 13, his trouble between the brethren, between him and Lot. He says, we're brethren, but it brought trouble. And the trouble Abraham had between themselves with Lot was because of their riches. It was because of their wealth. There was not room enough for both of the herds to feed together, and they had to separate from each other. So it says in Genesis 13, 5-7, Lot also, which went with Abraham, he had flocks, herds, and tents, and the land wasn't able to bear them so that they might dwell together. For their substance was great, so they could not dwell together. And the strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle, the herdmen of Lot's cattle, Canaanite, Perizzite, they were then in the land also. Anyway, so notice in these verses how it was because Lot also had riches of flocks and herds and tents. I don't know how he got those. I was always wondering about that. Maybe, you know, when Pharaoh was so generous, maybe Lot says, well, you know, I'm his nephew. <laughs> so, anyway, whatever it was. He got these things, and a tragedy was caused. And the tragedy is stated twice in verse 6. And it's these words, might not dwell together. Twice it says that. And those are the same words in Hebrew that are used in Psalm 133 that says, Behold, how good, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. Same words. In unity. But the situation here in Genesis 13 between Abraham and Lot, it's not good. It's not pleasant because they can't dwell together because the riches, that was kaved, you know, was grievous like a famine. It wasn't good. It wasn't pleasant because the riches had finally caused them to have to separate Lot and Abraham. It was a good thing. It was a pleasant thing when you could see Abraham mentoring his nephew You know, Lot, I mean, his father died, and so there was Abraham, and Abraham had become the prominent figure and was really guiding Lot. That was good. That was pleasant. That was a good thing. It was a bad thing when Lot, because of the riches, he lost Abraham as his mentor, and that caused him to drift. And so the next thing we see is he's drifting into where his eyes are carrying him, and first the well-watered plain, then into Sodom, and then he loses his wife, she becomes a pillar of salt. He loses all his influence over his children, his married children, and then his two unmarried daughters. Then the whole horrible history of the incest with his two daughters that produces the Ammonites and the Moabites, which were not good and pleasant for the people of Israel. Anyway, so when in verse 7, it talks about the strife, and at the end of verse 7, it says also the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelt there in the land, you know, so because of their riches, Abraham and Lot not only lost between themselves, but they lost their testimony before the Canaanites and the Perizzites that God, it's also part of the world that God loves. And so that was not good. That was not pleasant also. They watched that and they said, oh, so these are how believers react. Okay. So now we understand why this word, kaved, is so important, grievous. It's used to describe Abraham's wealth in verse 2. So we could read it. Verse 2, Abraham was very heavy, very grievous, weighed down in his cattle and silver and gold. 
We will continue finishing with Tom Cantor's message from the life of Abraham. And it's been exciting studying the life of Abraham, who is the father of the Jewish people and nation. Now, Tom Cantor wants to help you to better understand the Jewish people. So today we're offering a two-disc DVD teaching set about the Jewish people. It's called The Jewish People, Past, Present, and Future, as seen in the life of Joseph. It's a wonderful two-disc DVD set that we'd like to offer you today for a donation amount of $50 or more. So please call us today at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051 to get a copy of this two-disc DVD teaching set from Tom Cantor on the Jewish people, 1-800-247-3051. And that's for a donation amount of $50 or more, and we'll be able to send you that two hours of teaching from Tom Cantor. This great two-disc set will help you to better understand the Jewish people, their past, their present, their future, as seen in the life of Joseph in scriptures. Now, we're offering this, again, for a donation amount of $50 or more. You can get this two-disc DVD set so you can learn more about the Jewish people, their past, their present, their future, and great Tom Cantor teaching. So call us today for your donation amount of $50 or more. We'll send that to you, 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Now, we also have a book written by Tom Cantor called Understanding the Jewish Messiah and the History and Future of the Jewish People Through the Life of Joseph. This book shows you the biblical past, present, and future of the Jewish people. Now call us today so you can learn more about God's lost, chosen nation of people. Now we're offering this to you today for a donation amount of $50 or more. Again, call us 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. For a donation of $50 or more, we've got the two-disc DVD set or the book from Tom Cantor on understanding the past, present, and future of the Jewish people. Now, remember, your donation doesn't just help keep this radio program going on your station in your city, but it also supports Israel Restoration Ministries and the gospel going out to millions and millions of lost people, especially lost Jewish people. And we have door-to-door evangelism that takes place with IRM missionaries that not only put out gospel tracts about the Friendship with God radio program, millions of them, but they also put out millions and millions of gospel gifts to lost Jewish people every year. We've reached millions with the gospel the past three years. So please, call us, support this program. You can also donate online at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. But call us for that offer today of $50 or more. We'll send you the DVD or the book of Understanding the Jewish People, 1-800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue studying the life of Abraham. All right, now come to verses 3 and 4. So at the time described, back in Genesis 12, 8, that was a time in Abraham's life where it says he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. That was a time period in Abraham's life. That was a very good time. For Abraham, oh, it was a great thing. Everything was right in his life. The priorities were right. I mean, he was in a life of worship. He's got his altar. He was in a life of prayer. He was calling on the name of the Lord. And so that was the best time for Abraham. Life was good for Abraham when he was there. I mean, the Lord, Jehovah, was his focus. Jehovah Jesus was his focus. He was experiencing 
what's described in Isaiah 33, 6, when God said what Israel should strive for. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. So that was a time for Abraham when he's worshiping God, he's calling on his name, and he's having this great stability in his life. He's got strength because God is his great treasure. Abraham is the best here. And at that time, between these places of Bethel and Ai, Abraham had what we could call the life that wins. See, very short. That's the life that wins what Abraham had there. But we know the famine and Canaan, anyway. So Abraham had to leave this place. He had to leave this altar. And unfortunately, when he left the altar, he also left the life that wins. He left the altar, he left calling upon God, and he went down into Egypt. It was just a terrible time for Abraham. It's very bad, very bad for Abraham for him to look back on. So through Abraham's sin in Egypt, Abraham loses his stability, you know, and his strength. And then, you know, Pharaoh looks at him and says, what's with you? You know, you don't believe that your God is great and mighty enough to take care of you. You've got to do this lying. And so in Egypt, and this really is a terrible time. So in Egypt, Abraham loses the life that wins. He loses it there, see? So now he's coming up out of Egypt, and he's got one goal. And you can feel it as you read these verses here. He's got one goal. He's making a beeline. You can see this back to the place where he had the life that wins. So we see his beeline traced out in verse 3. It says, he went on. He wasn't stopping. He went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel. So he comes, you can see him feeling he's coming out of Egypt. He's going to the south. He keeps on going. He comes to Bethel. He keeps on going unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. Those are very important words. The beginning, at the beginning. The beginning in verse 3 is important because it's telling us that Abraham went back to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, before Abraham fell into sin and all the trouble that he got in Egypt, and now he's returning back to his beginning. There's a lesson for us there, we see Abraham. I mean, what do we do when we leave God and we we fall into sin and we inherit all the trouble that sin brings along with it? What do you do? We follow Abraham, because we're children of Abraham. We follow Abraham back to the beginning, back when we had the life that wins, when we were worshiping, when we were trusting, when we were obeying the Lord Jesus Christ. As the Lord said in Revelation 2.5, he says, that's what you should do. He says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, repent, do the first works. It says in Hosea 14.1, he's crying out to Israel. He said, oh Israel, we turn unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Don't blame God for it, like we saw another history in Genesis 3. So what do we see in verse 3? We see Abraham has made it. He's made it back unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. We can see he comes to the place where his tent had been. It's obviously not there now. He's come to the place where it's been. And he said, yes. He's looking around. He says, oh, yes. He goes, yeah, this is the place right here. I remember that rock over there. Yeah, this is where I had my tent. Right here. It's where my tent used to be. I'll put my tent right back here again where it used to be. And notice in verse 4, as it says in Genesis 13, 4, 
unto the place of the altar. It doesn't say unto the altar. It says unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. So we can see Abraham. He's looking around. See, the altar's no longer there. The altar's gone. We don't know why it's not there. Maybe the Canaanites, they didn't appreciate it. Well, who knows? But anyway, maybe they took it down. But he's found the place where the altar used to be, unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. And he goes, yes, this is the place right here. I remember perfectly this open place. This is where my altar used to be right here. It's not here anymore, but it doesn't matter. And so Abraham has come unto the place of the altar, which he'd made there at the first. And all the people, you know, remember now, Abraham is doing all this, and he's got a lot of people in his group there. He's got Lot in the group, Sarah, of course. There's a little, you know, a pretty little girl named Hagar that he got from Egypt. There's Eliezer and all the rest of the people. And they're watching their leader, Abraham. He's silently, with great resolve, he's coming out of Egypt. Nothing's going to stop him. He's making his way back to the place where he had life, you know, and he's, we had this life that wins, and those words in verse 3, he went on, that's important, he went on in his journeys from the south, and they were watching him keep on going on, and, and he comes to the south and watch him keep on going on, and they're wondering, you know, why doesn't Abraham just find a nice place, a new place for us? Why do we have to go back to the old place? Why do we have to go back to the place between Bethel and Ai? But they watch him, and he, as he alone walks over the area where his altar used to be, where his tent used to be, And then you can just sort of picture him praying to God, you know, Lord, this is Abraham. (laughs) And he says, I used to be here. I used to be here worshiping you, trusting you, obeying you. That was the life that wins. I know now because I left this place. And when I left this place, I also left off to worship you, to trust you, to obey you. Lord, I've come back. I've come back to this place because I want to come back to you. See, it's symbolic. I want to come back to worshiping you. I want to come back to trusting you, to obeying you. Lord, please forgive me and take me back. And that's the meaning of verse 4, where it says that Abraham went unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. That's the full recovery of Abraham. Abraham came back to God. The past is forgotten. Well, it's almost forgotten. It just has to be recorded for us when we're talking about it today. But anyway, as far as Abraham's concerned, it's forgotten. But Abraham is now cleansed. Abraham is now forgiven. And God is saying to Abraham, it's just behind me. All of that sin, I put it in the deepest sea. I forget it. I put it behind my back. I was separated as far as the east is from the west. It's all gone. Now, Abraham, you don't look backwards, but you look forward to walk with God. And that's where we are now. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for taking Abraham back. Thank you for taking us back. Thank you for listening to the Friendship with God radio program with Tom Cantor. We appreciate your listenership and support of this program. Today we have another great offer for you. Many of you know that Tom Cantor is a great Bible teacher, a pastor, an evangelist, and a CEO. But maybe you didn't know that he's also a successful scientist. That's right. In fact, Tom Cantor has written a short booklet of his life story and his study of science and creationism. It's a 48-page power-packed testimony of his life and how science supports biblical truths of creationism. This wonderfully titled book is called How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist. How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist. There is no true story out there 
quite like this one from the life of Tom Cantor. And he's got a unique life story. And this is his search for the truth of God. And we've recorded it in this wonderful book, How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist. And it shows how the Creator is easily seen in science and the Bible. This is a very popular evangelism book for Jewish and Gentiles. Now you can get this book, How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist, free today by calling us at 1-800-247-3051. And for any donation of any amount today, we'll give you that book for free. How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist, call us today. And for a donation of any amount, we'll send you this book from Tom Cantor, 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Now, your donation helps to keep the Friendship with God radio program going across the airwaves, but it also helps the gospel to go out to millions and millions of people, especially lost Jewish people throughout the U.S., Israel, South America, Canada, America. It's going out door-to-door through our IRM missionaries and this radio program, Friendship with God. And your tax-deductible donation and support helps to get the gospel out to Jewish people and to Gentiles. So by you financially supporting this program, you are helping the gospel to go to the Jew first, as it says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, that's the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now your support of the Friendship with God radio program keeps us on the airwaves with teaching, and we do get Jewish people that listen in as well too, but it also helps the gospel to go to the Jew first as we reach millions of lost Jewish people every year with the gospel. We want you to support and be a part of that. So go to friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org to be able to donate online or call us today at 1-800-247-3051. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow.